welcome to the Swarmcast, an episodic look at the Southwest Ohio Regional Meta and the players within. We have tourney players, casual locals, gifted hobbyists, and many more. So come join us down the rabbit hole of Warmer Hordes in the southwest corner of the Buckeye State. Your hosts are Jerry Stonecipher, Aaron Jones, and myself, Mike Corkia. And welcome back to the Swarmcast. It's me, Mike, and I'm here with Aaron. Yay! Jerry right now is MIA. So um, he's uh, taking care of some stuff. So it's going to be the Aaron and Mike show tonight. Yay! Let's talk about games mm-hmm. like we usually do. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You played how many games? Tuesday? I just got in one. Okay. Because I was completely derping after all day at work, and it took us like three hours to play a game. Yeah, that was a uh, theme of uh, this yeah. past Tuesday night. I'm I'm not happy with my performance on that, but it's like I had to check every rule, yeah, every time. It, it I'm disappointed myself on that. Okay, so other than derping, was <laughs> the game okay? Was did you learn anything from it? Uh, it was. Uh, I brought my new uh, Xerxes two list. Okay. Going, and that was, had some changes recommended by Edge on the Lost episode. Yep. So that's uh, Xerxes 2 with my Hydra, uh, Gladiator, and Tiberian. Okay. Uh, free Agonizer and Kraya. Two Will Breakers, a Feral Geist, two Min Beast Handlers, and Pharaoh Valkyries. Okay. I'm a sucker for anything with assault. Yes. And so they're, they're pretty slick. Um, I was going up against Minoth Harbinger. Okay. The, I think he said CID Harbinger or something with some tweaks. Yeah. Um, he had two of the giant crossbows. Yep. Um, a unit of zealots? The grenade throwers? Right. Yep. Well, is that the one with uh, UA with the cross on its back? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's him. Two of the horse paladins, two of the regular paladins... Vilmon, um, the book, of course, because the book is always present. Yes. Um, here I mean, for fans. everything that the book does, I mean, why not? Yeah, it, it is kind of like the troll stone, you know? I yeah. Mean, it's a warjack that gets, like, vengeance or, like, is that a sanctifier? I think it is. I'm not sure. Like, plus two strength and armor, mat and something. Okay. Um, or righteous vengeance? I think so. Okay. Had his, uh, so that was his heavy, and then he had the light with two shields, and the light with the halberd. Okay. And lined up, uh, we're playing Mirage. Okay. And just kind of charged straight at each other. Um, I realized before making an error that I could not count on Sprint with Xerxes, because I'd go up, hit something, and he would just martyr it, and then I'd be stuck hanging out there. Yeah. So I did not fall into that trap. Um, That's good. Oh, he had two Kiki Monks. Kiki Monks are awesome. That ended up running right past my Hydra, circling around and doing bad things in the zone. Yeah. Um, there was a whole lot of scoring. I scored first, just like a point, and got another point later on. He was finally able to make some big pushes and take you up, take over like a zone, destroy my objective, and hold like two flags. Yeah. Uh, but to do it, he emptied out Harby to kill Tiberian. So I rolled Xerxes up to within 10 inches and dropped his nuke spell on her. Needed uh, four to hit, 
boosted. One one two. Nope. Sorry, I needed a five. One one two. Yeah. No, I need I needed a nine. What am I saying? Yeah. I thought I needed something really low. But no, I needed a nine. Um, okay. So then I uh, the hydra was like fifteen inches away with a model in the way. I could not trample over it. There was enough room to land. So I charged that model. Spent one attack, and then I had four uh, sprays left. Okay. And got her and killed her with the first one. That's good. I remember my rules. I did a lot of cool tramples. Uh, I really like that rule now that I'm using it more. Yep. Um, the problem with it is it kind of relies on your opponent making an error. Mm-hmm. Because candy opponents, of course, will just space it out so you've got nowhere to land and take that out. Right. Which... I guess technically it gives them some opportunity cost. But I don't think it's great enough compared to the benefit of denying you a trample. Well, the you got to remember one thing about the Hydra. It's it's a mono-roll to, mono tool. Its mm-hmm. main job is to go in and beat stuff up. Yep. It has an animus that makes it more survivable. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it's one job, and its only job is to go in and beat stuff up. I should mention, not only did the Hydra close out the game alive, it closed out the game essentially unhurt. Yep. I mean... And, you know, as a mono tool, you sit there and you have something like that. I mean, it's going to do all the work in the world. It's going to Mm -hmm. sit there and survive usually a good 80 to 90% of the time, unless... Your opponent has the right tools to take it out. And then, pretty much, if your opponent knows how to play around it, that's when they're going to stop tramples. They're going to stop a lot of what you can do to get a little bit further in, you know, trample basically saying, okay, you're not going to have a landing spot for it. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's something that has a cool gun, they're going to have shield guards around it and so on. But the fact that the Hydra has sprays is one of the, the best things about it in my mind. Because yeah. sprays, you can't shield guard, mm-hmm. ignore a whole bunch of rules. So we were talking earlier today, and you were thinking about making a list without the Hydra. Yes. Let me bring that up real quick. So was it because that it's a mono tool, or have you just not had a lot of luck with oh. it, or... And this game, just the fact that the Hydra came out unhurt really didn't kill its points worth. I'm kind of thinking I could get, I could do a better job with some flexibility. Now, as we were just talking now, I sort of looked at the other side of that. The big thing it did was force his heavy to stay way, way back. Yep. Because he's like, okay, so your threat range with that thing is 14 inches. And so he stayed just outside of 14 inches. And since I had started two inches up, I got the bonus speed, and I ran straight up with that Hydra, that really pinned that heavy way back. If I hadn't done that, he could have come up and just been wading through my zone and been a serious threat to my caster. Well, the fact that the Hydra can easily take out most heavies mm-hmm. is something that has to be respected. Yeah. And so, by having a Hydra on, you were able to keep his heavy. Because I out-threaded him. Yep. So, there was some deterrent there. And basically, it meant I never really worried about anything getting to my caster. Yep. Which is insane. But I just kind of 
ran around, did a couple things with them. Uh, just basically sat in my zone, kind of playing goalie. Um, I don't know if having a pair of gladiators uh, at his side would have had the same effect. To be honest with you, I don't think so. Because while gladiators can punch hard, they can trade piece for piece for a heavy. Mm -hmm. But pretty much, hence the word trade. Yeah. You trade, okay, you kill their heavy for your heavy... And then you got another heavy, whereas with the Hydra is, you eat their heavy, and that's it. Yeah. There's very little retaliation unless they've got some tech Mm -hmm. in their back pocket. Real quick, the list I came up with, and this was just kind of point out the Hydra, throwing a couple options around. I replaced the Feral Geist with the Gremlin Swarm. Good. Replaced the, just to change the points a little bit. Then I replaced the Hydra then with an Erdus Soldier and three Cyclops Savages. Okay. So why the Savages? Uh, well, I'm playing this as an all-comers list to get some, some reps in with it. Okay. But I always get nervous when I put down, like, essentially eight models. Well, less really if you count just the actual workers. Right. And I'm looking at an actual all-rounder army, which has a bunch of infantry, so I just don't have the attacks... It, it, it gets bogged down real fast. Everything is a tar pit. Right. And I can't throw a unit into it and be on even terms. So I think the Savages give me... There's three of them. They got Fury. They got... So I can do a bunch of attacks. Right. They're efficient, which could be important with the Fury 5 caster. Um, it's just an idea. Yeah. I, have, I haven't tested... I haven't even thought about it too much. I think it'd be something neat to try. Maybe something like uh, Reavers. The Reavers could be an option. Give me some range presence. Yep. Um, I even considered, say, two Cannoneers to replace the Hydra. Right. Um, but I'm going to stick with the Hydra for a while. It does seem to cause a stir when it hits the table, and people are like, what? I hear this thing. It's terrible. Yep. And then I eat things with it. I was like, oh, this thing has snacking. That's cool. Oh, this oh, thing yeah. has regeneration. That's cool. Well... The Hydra is a good piece. Mm-hmm. You're just paying a premium price for it. And at the same point, you're paying a premium dollar amount for it that a lot of people are still upset with the fact that it has a lot of gaps and it's a very Oof. difficult model put together. Yeah. I put, toge- I put together and then I primed it the other night to get ready to paint it. And I looked at it and, oh, the gaps just stabbed yep. me in the face. And you can say what you want about plastic. Um, I recommend people go on YouTube and look up Gundam. G-U-N-D-A-M. Perfect grade kits. Yep. These are robot kits. They're probably a foot and a half tall. They're all plastic. They assemble with no glue. They snap together. Yep. And they know how to do this with no seams. Oh, yeah. And these things are fully articulated. They're not even static. Oh, yeah. I have a, uh, I rebought my uh, Gundam's uh, heavy arm from <laughs> Ellis Waltz. Um, I bought, rebought that one a while back. I uh, lost my original one in the fire many, many years ago. Mm. So I was able to f- track it down. There's a, um, a hobby store that, in Columbus on Grayson Avenue mm. that sells Gundams. So I went there looking for um, 
a certain type of paint. Okay. Um, I just couldn't find it around, so I decided to go up there and saw it was a hobby shop, so I yeah. went in and looked and didn't find the paint, but I found some Gundam, so I was like, hey, I'm going to get it. The hobby shop I did mall. Yep. Carries a bunch of Gundam, too. Uh, just to show you, just so you guys can see sort of what I've encountered as far as plastic kits go and the standards, and then the Hydra, which has giant seams running right up the most visible part of the model. Yeah. I mean, come on. How'd you think that was a good idea? Um, it's one of the th detractors from our game, and it has been for a while, and there's ways around it, and I've seen some hobbyists that do some really mm -hmm. beautiful work with it. I am a middling hobbyist. I mean, I'm, I'm not really bad, but I'm not really good. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just look at some of the mold lines, especially when it comes across a face or a very oh, delicate yeah. part, and I cringe, and I'm just like, um, can I green stuff something around it? I mean, for a while... A lot of my orcs in uh, GW, where the uh, the seam would be right in the middle of a face, I would just sit there and go, hey, they got bandanas over their mouths. <laughs> J and they have a hat just to hide it. Yeah. And I guess to be fair to Privateer Press, I feel like the Hydro is fairly early in their plastics. Yep. Especially in the larger scale ones, not just the infantry where you know the body or half a body is apart. So... If they can get to a point with plastics where they are making stuff like the Archangel or the Throne, yeah, that'll be pretty sweet. It's just gonna be kind of painful to get there. Yeah. Um. So hobby wise, you got the hydro put together. You got it primered. And and looking at that broke me. Yeah. <laughs> like I I can't I cannot handle. So when are you gonna start uh, painting it? After I go through about three rolls of green stuff. Yeah. Uh, filling in gaps. Yeah. Uh, I, I did also put together uh, my Eridus Soldier. Okay. So I might throw that together as sort of a test bed for my plan for how to paint bugs. Yeah. So. Yeah, for uh, for myself, I mean, game-wise, I've, between last Tuesday and this Tuesday, I've had seven games. Mm-hmm. Um, last Tuesday, I played um, Jason Crosby. Um, into his scorn, um, time ran out on us, um, his, uh, um, phone died, I played, um, Jake, and then I went to the OWC qualifier, um, this past Saturday up in North Homestead, um, my first game was against Virus 2 in Griffin Spam, and I played Old Witch 3 with, uh, the Dark Menagerie list, and that was a very long game. <laughs> That was seven rounds. Oof. We had to end and go to tiebreakers. We had equal control points. Mm. So we both had ten control points apiece. And we had to go to um, tiebreakers. And army points destroyed was the tiebreaker that determined it. Oof. So pretty much... Um, in the bonus episode, I talked about it. General gist is we just slugged it out the whole time. Yep. Uh, the game after that, I played into... I'm drawing a blank now. I forget who it was. But I played into... Let's see. I played... It wasn't Menoth. 
But basically, the the second game was just a you know take my time game, go through and get the points I needed, and came up. Oh, Striker Two. That's right. It was John Messenger because hey. we were talking about cheating. I was uh, cheating against him. Um, Striker Two, and um, he was playing Grave Diggers, and that was a fun game. Sorry, John, I forgot about you for a second there. And then I played um, uh, Tony Scambaloni, and pretty much that was a Leroy Jenkins game. Second time I ever played him, he did the same thing to me that he did the first time we played, but I didn't recognize it, so now I recognize it. And then I played um, I played Wes at the um, last of it. Mm-hmm. Ended up the day with a 2-2 two and two record. Um, after the third round, I was just tired and pretty much the um, Leroy Jenkins caught me off guard. So pretty much I um, went two and two, but I was able to um, score enough, get a high enough placing that Wes and I currently are in um, first place on points together. Wow. So I had called it where I said that I could go as low as fifth. And still get the lead. Mm-hmm. Well, Wes got second, <laughs> so he got enough points to match me yeah. by the end of it. So it was a good, fun time. Um, and then this past Tuesday night, I played Jason Crosby again, and um, pretty much, I when I play, I play on. I like to play on the clock. Yep. Just because it keeps me from going into analysis paralysis like we talked about. Um, Jason's at the point in his playtime where he just wants to play. So it was it was a good game. It was a back and forth game. Um, clockwise, he had played almost twice as many minutes or almost two hours. It was about a two hour and 45 minute game. Wow. So I played a 45-minute game, and he played a two-hour game. So Hmm. towards the end, I was just trying to see what my list can do because on Saturday, I Ironmaned Old Witch 3 all day long. Mm -hmm. Four rounds of Old Witch 3 because my second list I haven't even put on a table yet up until Tuesday. So I sat there and played uh, King of Nothing and Bump. Got some ideas now of how I want to uh, do it. and um, But, yeah, a two-hour and 45-minute game was kind of rough Tuesday night. I only got one game in. I was hoping to get a second one. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it was a good game, and I got to see that, you know, the king list was very strong. Mm-hmm. Played into Xerxes. No. Was it Xerxes? I can't remember what his caster was. Huh. Do you remember what spells he cast? Oh, that's right. It was Makeda 2. <laughs> and cats and... Yeah, it's all the Ferrex on the table. Yeah. And a cat. swordsman UA. It had cats. It had uh, Satrati. It had, you know, a whole bunch of little things. Um, sat there and came out with the bump list. Bump in the night is a silly good list. It just does all sorts of crazy stuff on the table. Mm -hmm. And uh, pretty much it ended up with me 
being able to go for the assassination run and needing to roll a seven and flubbing the seven. Mm. But, you know, to put damage on a caster that's completely naked like that, I yep. have to take the chance. Oh, yeah. Learn a few things from my first game, like I need to have Longfellow close by so I can put him wherever the caster is so I can start threatening the caster harder. Mm-hmm. Um, Mad Cats are absolutely wonderful on this side of the table because I played against them um, against Joe Howard all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, you know, I'm just going through and I learned how to play against them, but now playing with them, I'm like, this is fun. <laughs> this is so fun. I'm going to send this man cap over here and explode on stuff over here. It was, it was a great time. And um, hobby-wise, this week is going to be spent getting some more stuff painted, getting some more, um, start getting the infantry models painted, and doing a little bit of finishing work on the beasts. Hopefully I can get Old Witch completed too, because she is a beautiful model, but big and a lot of work yeah, to do. Yeah, But I have to say that, you know, Old Witch 2, all day Saturday taught me a lot about her and so so good so good uh so for tonight i also wanted to uh point out for our um, guys in um uh, the swarm meta that we are going to be having a journeyman league Yay! jerry pointed out that they had quietly released the updated journeyman rules oh really so it's up there uh they didn't add too much difference they just added um, the Crucible Guard and mm-hmm. kept everything mostly the same. So, pretty much, we're going to be running that. I am going to set the date out uh, two weeks from um, last night. Okay. Give everyone a chance to buy models to figure out what they want to play. Mm. Now, for us, I usually do a build your own battle box and I select a handful of casters yep. for each one. Scrub casters. Typically, that's what I've done. But th- this time around, we, we've got a lot of new players. We've got a lot of veteran players that want to play in the tournament. So I have some decisions to make. Um, but one thing I am committed to is that we are going to allow the alternate history casters hmm. as part of the Build Your Own Battle Box. Ooh. So, if you haven't seen them, look them up on uh, PP's site. It's part of the Summer Rampage. Are they in War Room, too? Uh, they're in War Room, but they're not in the card database yet. They're still updating. Okay. But, you know, that gives you a chance to play something different. You know, especially for a lot of our um, veteran players. Being able to play, like, you know, Old Witch in Circle or, you know, Iris and... Um, where did she go? And she went into Legion and, you know, Nemo into um, Convergence yep. and silly stuff like that. Hmm. So that they are definitely going to be a part of the Build Your Own Battle Box. And then I'm going to pick about one or two more per faction just to give people something different to play. Hmm. I mean, it. a journeyman is all about playing games and having new people get some yep. experience yep. we have a lot of veterans in the group that you know just love to play janky stuff and love to challenge themselves but we also have some veterans that love to you know waffle stomp people mm-hmm. and this is a time for 
them to really challenge themselves and pick something interesting. Yeah. Um, I actually learned how to play Grim 1 playing in Journeyman. Mm-hmm. And really had a good time with it and learned a lot about the caster. What's the spell? Surefoot? No, that's Madrak. Okay, yeah. Um, I also played Jarl in um, Journeyman and found out that he's a really good caster. Huh. So um, keep an eye out for that. I'm going to be posting up either tonight or tomorrow. So keep uh, look on private to press site for the journeyman rules, the basic rules, and then I'm going to be posting up on the group with the whole, you know, here's the casters that are available. I'll link up some um, Google Forms. Mm-hmm. That way people can sign up and lock in what their lists are ahead of time so it's a lot easier for me to keep track of. And then we're going to go six weeks with it. So that's why I want to give, you know, two, three weeks lead time yep. so everyone can sit there and go, okay, I'm going to play this. I need to have these models. And give time for us to get the word out to the newer players. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be across all three uh, stores as uh, normal. So Springfield Epic Loot, Centerville Epic Loot, and the Game Haven are all going to host this. Yep. So that means any of your games that you play in any of the three stores all count towards your points. And then um, pretty much at the end of it, we're going to have a tournament yep. um, to cap off the uh, league. And we're also going to have a painting um, competition. So um, I am going, I'm probably going to keep it as I normally do and keep it towards the battle box mm-hmm. as your painted um, submission. Yep. And I'll have um, a site to go to to drop those off into so we can go through and uh, judge them. And the cool thing about it is, is the judging is going to be, I'm going to try and find an online option to, so more than just, hey, there's three of us playing, we're the ones who are voting, yeah. or having the stores vote. I think I'm going to open up to an um, online option so we can get a lot of people to take a look at it and really get interested in what we're doing here. Okay. And then um, the um, key is is that it has to be something that you paint oh, yeah. for the league. I mean, I have a painted battle box for trolls, but I'm not going to be the one doing that. I'm going to be painting, you know, my Grimkin. Right for my um, journeyman league. So that's one of the uh, things that's coming up. Um, in August, Jake is going to be running a um, caster draft on August 11th. That's a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be some fun. If you remember spell draft, this is like, you know, it's a big brother. Yeah. So you create a whole caster from draft cards. Ooh. So uh, thank you to Jeremy Smith for uh, providing us cards. And um, that's going to be August 11th. So um, look it up on our group and definitely sign up for it. Uh, you know, we, I know I myself right now, I'm trying to get OWC qualified. Mm-hmm. I set a goal for myself at the beginning of the year and that's what I was going to do. But we have all sorts of fun events going on at any time so you know we have the caster draft um we play frankencaster we have journeyman leagues we'll have a journeyman league uh tournament we'll have all sorts of fun stuff so 
there's something for everything to do in our meta, which is the greatest thing about it. Yeah. We've got, you know, we've got vets, we got casuals, we got new folks coming in, we got hobbyists. So, anytime um, you're interested in playing something, just let us know. And I am still on the hook. I um, need to make um, boards and stuff for the Grind League that yep. I've been thinking of. I'm trying to get that set up for around football season. Mm. So I'm hoping to generate, get the stuff made for that and get some interest generated. Maybe we'll have our own football season. There you go. And, you know, have some fun with that. Um, if you are um, a person looking for cons, the big one is coming up. Gen Con. Next yep. week. I am not going to be able to make it this year. Come out, look stuff. at all the stuff that's not available for purchase. Yep. Um, <laughs> now, the cool thing is is that uh, Profiture Press, when they re uh, release um, Gen Con exclusives, mm -hmm. you can also get it on the online store. Yes. So, one thing that I did hear from the uh, Dev Talk today was that they're going to have Sevi Zero at uh, Gen Con. Hmm. So, if you want Sevi Zero, you can definitely get it off their um, site during the uh, the event. The one only thing you can't get is the pre-release stuff. So, you can get the exclusives, but you can't get the pre-release. And I believe the big pre-release this year is going to be Mon Pock. Yeah. So, I'm actually uh, looking forward to it. I'm going to send Jerry with some money because yeah. he's going. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm going to send him with some money to get uh, the starter stuff and, you know, dabble into Monpoc. That's a nice secondary game to have fun with. I like the fact that it's a hobby game mm -hmm. this time around instead of uh, blind boosters. Yeah. Because I'm not a big fan of blind boosters. No, no. And then, um, let's see. That's pretty much it, everything that's going on. Um, let's see, I hit Journeyman, I hit, um, the Caster Draft. Yep. Gen Con. Yep. Um, I think that's it. Um, if you're looking for qualifiers. I was going to say, what's the next qualifier? OWC qualifier is going to be August 18th. That's going to be close to Akron. Mm. And then the one after that is on the 25th, and that one's close to, um, Cleveland again. I think that one's in Ashtabula. Yeah. So, pretty long track, but I know um, Jake and I are talking, seeing if we can get ourselves up there. How big is the meta up there in Northeast Ohio? The meta, when I played on Saturday, there were 10 people there. Um, or so there were supposed to be 10 people there, 9 people played. The um, Wes and I were the ones that came up from the swarm, so pretty much seven um, players up there. Uh, from what I've been told, it's it's a good meta. It's spread out, but it's not as um, competitive leaning. Is what I've been told. Mm -hmm. um, but from what I saw up there, the guys were um, pretty good at playing and you know really good at understanding the rules and whatnot. Um, there was a couple issues of clean play, yeah. but not much. I mean, just minor things. If I had one complaint, was that the tables were very open. Uh, 
Um, they really didn't follow the uh, train rules out of the SR packet. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, other than that, my games were really good. I mean, I got tripped up because of um, Tony uh, Leroy Jenkins. Me, um, I mean, it's one of those things that still gets me that he went for it. I got assassinated with Typhon and Thagrosh running through an area that had two skin and moans and a death knell within the five inches so that the minute they took the free strike, they would not get excessive healing. Hmm. And he made it. I'm like, well, okay. Um, Respect there. You know, I looked at it and went, man, you should have just... Well, for me, he should have just went up and backed up and got some points. Because later on what happened was um, he had lost his um, game at the top table. Mm-hmm. And because the organizer had decided that control points was going to be the tiebreaker, the first tiebreaker instead yeah. of strength of schedule, Wes was able to get second just because he scored more control points than him. Mm. So you, if I was going to bring anything out of that would be, you know, make sure you understand the, the format that you're playing in. Yeah. And if, you know... The control points are going to be the tiebreaker. Got to get them. Yep. Definitely. If they say that assassination points, you know, or the how you assassinate or army points destroyed is going to be your tiebreaker, you've got to bring a list for it or yep. plan for it when you get onto the table. Play to the whole scenario. Yep. Now, the cool thing is, is that, you know... The way the strength of schedule work, the tiebreakers work is strength of schedule, control points, army points destroyed. It's really not that big of a change, but it does really force you to think about what armies you play. Mm -hmm. Because if you're playing only assassination armies, your choice is I win all three or four matches, or. (laughs) Yeah. My day's done. Or you lose a whole bunch of ties. Yep. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. So, um, anything else you'd like to add for tonight's episode? Oof. Be gentle with me on the hobby stuff. I got got some time constraints, but I'm at least getting back to games again. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, you know, just for me, I have learned, because of my, the way my schedule is... Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will just sit there, go to my painting desk, and paint for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and just put a color on. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, here's this pot of arcane blue. Open it up. I'm going to paint this one panel. (laughs) Hey, I still have another five minutes in my painting time. Okay, I'm going to paint this panel. (laughs) And then, you know, okay, oh, that's it. Wash a brush, close up the pot, go off, do something else. You know, get another 10, 15 minutes and another day go, okay, I was painting Arcane Blue, but I don't feel like painting Arcane Blue today. I'm going to paint, you know, (laughs) Amber Orange. Here you go. I'm going to paint this orange and that orange. There's little tricks like that. Um, Also, setting a timer going, okay, every day at 7.30 at night, I am going to paint for half an hour. Yeah, that'd be good. You know, that's one way I used to do it a long time ago. But I haven't done it since. But I was also painting about 400 orcs at the time. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it's... 
the easiest way to think about painting is base coat. Yep. Wash, highlights, pick out details, mm -hmm. and then go back through and wash and highlight as needed. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Hey, Poochie. Always remember, don't make painting too tough for yourself. Hold it out at, you know, not full arm's length, maybe. Three feet. Three feet. feet. Yeah, that's, that's how you're going to see it most of the time. Yep. And even if it looks kind of weird on one model... Quantity has a quality all of its own, to quote Stalin, supposedly. Oof. And it, it, it works with painting. Yeah. See, I, um, my best friend Charles, he used to paint to a standard that's right in front of your face. Yeah. And but how much did he paint? He didn't get a lot painted because it took him a lot of time. And then we sat there, and I, I kept telling him, I was like, dude, you got to paint out to three three feet from where you're looking because that's usually how far away you are on the table. Painted nicely to three feet is a lot better than or a whole army to that is better than one model that's really sweet up close. Yeah, and an entire army of white primer, gray primer, or black primer. Yeah. And hobby wise I will say pick your primer wisely. Yeah. One of the things that you know I learned a long time ago if you're going to paint a bright army, yeah, yellows, reds, oranges, prime white. Yeah. If you're going to paint a darker army, like dark greens, blues, stuff like that, primer, you know, black. If you're going to paint an army that's a mid-range of colors, primer gray. Because I don't know how many times I've seen people fight yellow. Oh, how many coats? How many coats, but they're also priming black. Yeah. Yep. Whereas, you know, if you prime white and you put yellow on it, what? it takes less coats mm -hmm. to get a better um, coverage. I'll, I'll follow that on and say Games Workshop does have those base paints. Yep. Which are super pigmented. Those are pretty good. Oh, yeah. But I tend to prefer darker looking models. I tend to throw a little magical realism in. Yeah. So And I like to paint black because if I forget to... Hit a little spot, well, it's a shadow, and oh, it's yeah. done. Yeah, see, there, there's something to be said about that. I'm lazy. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We're all lazy in certain ways. I mean, for me, I mean, the whole thing about primering white, I did yellow trolls. Primering white was just... Ooh, yeah, you have to. It was just a thing of I was lazy myself and didn't oh. want to fight black and yellow together. Well, no, just I prefer to work over black. Yeah. And sort of that then bleeds into the colors I choose, and that lets me get away with, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, dry brushing. Yeah. Um, which I know isn't the Vogue these days. Now the Vogue is all these, you know, 15 layers. Yeah. To develop your highlights. Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, I mean, so, if you've got the time for it, I mean, you've got a ton of good tutorials out there. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Kemp has been doing a lot of the uh, paint uh, painting uh, series. On Perfect Press's uh, Twitch stream, um, you've got a lot of guys from the GW side of things. Mm -hmm. uh, and one thing I like to tell everyone is, like, don't be pigeonholed. Look all around for inspiration. Uh, one thing I am doing is I got some inspiration on how to do um, the uh, different uh, washes. Mm -hmm. I sat there and watched a video where someone took Blood for the Blood Gods. Yeah. 
and the uh, sepia wash, mixed them together and made a blood wash out of it. Nice. So that's what my um, my um, witch woods are sitting on top of. Or no, not my witch woods. My uh, gallows groves. Mm-hmm. So I hit them with a blood wa- with that blood wash. I'm like, wow. I mean, you can find information and inspiration anywhere. Hell, I even watched Bob Ross to get some inspiration. Hey, that's who taught me how to dry brush. Yeah, there are no mistakes; just happy accidents. Yep. Alrighty. So, anything else we need to uh, discuss? I think that's it for me. All right. Uh, next uh, week, we're gonna hopefully have Jerry back, and then we're gonna try and get Edge. Edge couldn't make it tonight. Uh, so we're going to try again next week to get Edge here. Um, keep an ear out uh, for that. And then um, hopefully we're going to be, next time we're going to be talking about uh, journeyman lists yep. and what we're planning on playing. And then we're going to also uh, talk about um, Jake's event and talk ideas on how to build a list for Caster Draft. Yep. All righty. Sounds good. great. Anything else, Jonesy? Nope. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. This is Mike. And Aaron. All right. Take care. Have a good. Adios, muchachos. Adios.